the theme of Easter is that all things are new. That we're to come alive. It's time to come alive. It's our theme this weekend coming up. And this morning what we're looking at is that it's time to rejoice. Because if things are coming alive, if there is new life, it is certainly worth rejoicing over. But I'm not sure that we always are good at rejoicing. At least not about the things that matter most for eternity. We're good at rejoicing when our team hits the last second shot. If you're a San Diego State fan, you understand that from last night. I saw thousands of people rejoicing because a leather ball went through a net. Hey, if I was there, I would have been rejoicing too. But I just wonder, what does it take for us to rejoice about who Jesus is? For us to rejoice about new life. For us to rejoice about the purpose he's given us and the call that's on our lives. About opportunities that he opens for us. And in fact, in processing that this week, and especially this morning, you know, sometimes I wish that it wasn't my routine to come in here for an hour or so by myself on Sunday morning and pray. And here's why I wish that wasn't my routine. Because there are times more than I like to admit, and one of those was today, when as I'm praying about a long list, the Lord says, well, just stop and let you and I deal with something. I much prefer to pray for you. But if I don't take care of he and I, my prayer for you is not worth much. So I have a confession to make this morning. In preparing for this message and in praying over it and over you this morning, the Lord pointed out that I have not rejoiced well recently. And the confession is the reason I haven't rejoiced well is because things haven't been going my way. Any of you not do well when things don't go your way? Two of you telling the truth? And as the Lord was pointing that out to me, he was also rolling across my heart and mind all the reasons that there is to be rejoicing. All the things that he's been doing. But I've been so wrapped up in the stuff that isn't going my way that I haven't really rejoiced. So I confess it. I confessed it to the Lord. And he and I are okay, I think, now. 
Hopefully we are too. But let me ask you a couple of questions. How well do you rejoice? I don't just mean can you give polite applause. I mean, how well do you rejoice in your soul? That true inside welling up of just, it is well with my soul. That I'm excited about what God is doing and who he is. You know, a pastor, this is wrong and this, I, I get it. It has been and it will be, but God is still God. And he's still the same. And Christ is still risen. And as Jody said earlier, a lot can happen in seven days. For you see the scripture we're looking at this morning, Luke chapter 19, beginning of verse 28, is a week before Easter. We don't like to think about that in between Palm Sunday and Easter morning very much. And it's still worth rejoicing in the pain and everything that went on in that week. But God is still God. And because of that, it's worth rejoicing. Let me ask you, what causes you to rejoice? What prompts your heart to rejoice? How well have you been rejoicing lately? Or maybe some of you need to make a confession similar to what I had to do this morning. I haven't been rejoicing well. And unfortunately, the reason is selfish. It's not all been going my way. My way doesn't matter. His way does. And to acknowledge who he is and what he's done and what he's about to do. If you have your Bibles... Or your Bible on your devices, I invite you to turn with me in the New Testament there in the second half in the Gospel of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Chapter 19. I'm going to begin reading at verse 28. And Jesus has done some teaching just before this. And now as we come into what we call Palm Sunday and why the kids walk through with palm branches earlier is this remembrance that is worth rejoicing. Verse 28, it says, And when he had said these things, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And when he drew near to Bethphage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied, on which no one has yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you are untying it, you shall say, the Lord has need of it. Now just call time out for a second. Think through that assignment. If that was given to you, go in and steal a donkey. Don't ask permission. That's called stealing. That's not, it, it, I know they didn't steal it. But imagine that thought process and you're untying that donkey and says, well, Lord, if they come out, what do I say? Well, just say the Lord needs it. Gotcha. But look at the scripture here. 
verse 32. So those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, Why are you untying the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus and throwing their cloaks on it, um, they sat Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. And as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven, glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. How well do you rejoice? Do you rejoice well enough that others even notice? This passage, the Pharisees noticed that the disciples were rejoicing just a bit too much for their like, liking. Asked if they could calm down. When was the last time anybody asked us to calm down because we were too excited about Jesus? And I love Jesus' answers. Going, oh, if they don't do it, even the rocks are going to cry out. How well are you rejoicing? So, Pastor, what's the big deal? Well, you see, we should rejoice and rejoice well. It's time to rejoice because, first of all, God's word is true. Verses 31 to 33, Jesus said, If anyone asks you why you're untying it, you shall say, The Lord has need of it. They went away and found it just as he had told them. And make sure you understand that is always true. If Jesus said it, it's true. If he said this is how it's going to happen, that's how it's going to happen. God said it and that should be enough for us. How well are you rejoicing? We need to rejoice because God's word is true. It has been, it is, and it will be. It doesn't matter what laws are passed. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. God's word is still true. It doesn't matter if you agree with it. God's word is still true. It's time to rejoice. Secondly, it's time to rejoice because God chooses to include us in his plans. I know it doesn't make sense, but that's his choice. He's chosen to include you and me in his plans. His plans for now and his plans for the future. His plans to serve and his plans to rejoice. Verses 29 and 30, he chose a couple of the disciples and said, hey, go ahead and start getting things ready. You two go get the colt. You look later on in the verse or this passage after they brought the, the donkey, the little colt back to them, then they put their cloaks on it and they went ahead of him. 
basically announcing him. That was the custom in that day. If anyone of importance arrived, there were those who went in front of them to announce, to let people know, to rejoice, to get everybody excited, which, interesting, they didn't need to because the crowds already were. It's also interesting, on a side note, that Jesus came in riding on a donkey, on a colt. In that culture, it was understood, if you came in riding on a horse, you're much higher. That's from a position of authority. That's from a position of, I'm here to rule over you. But coming in on a donkey indicates, I come in peace. Isn't it interesting that he enters in peace and just a week later, they crucify him. It's worth rejoicing that he comes in peace. It's worth rejoicing that he includes us in his plan. There is a place for you in God's plans. There's a place for you in his kingdom. There's a place for whoever you are going to encounter this week if they will accept him and accept their place in that plan. There is a place for you and there is a plan for you. And Jeremiah the prophet said, that from the Lord, I know the plans I have for you. Plans for a hope and a future. That's still true. God has plans for you. He has a place for you. Because Satan tries to tell you, his plans do not include you and there is no place for you. Satan tries to remind us more of our past than of what God's plans are for now and for our future. We need to rejoice, and it's time to rejoice because God has chosen to include you in his plans. The Lord of Lord and God of gods, the King of kings, has chosen to include you. That's worth celebrating. Also, it's time to rejoice because he is worthy of our worship. Verses 37 and 38. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice. This, does not in, this is not just the twelve. This is everybody who was beginning to follow him was rejoicing. They began to rejoice and praise God with a whisper. Now, that's a mistranslation if you find that. It says, they began to rejoice and praise him with a loud voice. Just wanted to see if the mic was working. A loud voice. We're called to make a joyful noise, not an on-pitch noise. Thank you, Jesus. Because some of us wouldn't be allowed to make any noise if it had to be on pitch. That's not it. It's make it. Get it out there. Now, I'm glad for those who are on pitch, and I appreciate that they're the ones who have mics, but that's not the point. The point is we have been called, and we need to rejoice because he is worthy of our worship. Verse 38, they were saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. 
peace in heaven and glory in the highest. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. And if nothing else, that's worth rejoicing over because the King of kings and Lord of lords has included you, has invited you, has reached out to you. That's worthy of rejoicing. We need to rejoice because He is our Savior. Not just God's Son, but He is our Savior, the one who came to save us, to forgive, to cleanse us. That's worthy of worship and rejoicing. We need to rejoice because He loves us unconditionally. If you're not sure what unconditionally means, it means without conditions. If you're not sure what that means, it means He loves you no matter what? See, the gospel can be explained right there. He loves you no matter what. And if you don't follow that, if you don't get that, get into the story of Easter and see where while on the cross, he brought one of the thieves who was being hung beside him with him to heaven. You know, that guy never got to come to church. He never got baptized. He never gave a tithe. He never worked in the nursery. And he made it to heaven. Now, don't use that as an excuse not to do those things. But just understand, his love is unconditional, without conditions. It does not matter about your past because he came so that those could be forgiven. You have to receive it. But that's why he came. He is the Savior. He loves you unconditionally. That means without conditions. That means it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you've done. He loves you. And from the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. That included the ones who had beaten him before he got on the cross. That included Pilate, who was such a weenie that he wouldn't stand up for what he knew was right. That weenie's a biblical word. It's, I know it's in the Hebrew somewhere, or Greek. It's in the OT, the Owens translation. He said, forgive them to those who nailed him to the cross. He said, forgive them to those who lied about him at his sham of a trial. He said, forgive them to all the disciples who ran away when they arrested him. He said, forgive them to Peter, who not only denied Jesus, he swore while denying Jesus. He said, Father, forgive them. That included the one he brought with him to heaven that day, and it included the one who rejected him. Now that guy didn't make it to the kingdom of heaven because he rejected it, but God had already, Jesus had already given the forgiveness. Father, forgive them. He's got a plan and a place for you because he's our savior. He is king of kings and Lord of lords and he loves you without conditions. We don't get that very, the way we need to because we judge love by how we love and others love us or how we think they love us. 
And I'm sorry, but most of us put conditions on it. Brush your teeth and then I'll kiss you. Now, I'm all in favor of that. But Jesus is saying, just as you are. Come on. Right where you are. Come on. With what you know, come on. With what you don't know, come on. With what you've done right, come on. And what you've done wrong, come on. Now Satan whispers in your ear, and he's doing it to some of you right now, and says, that doesn't mean you. Yes, it does. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you because he doesn't know what you've done. No, I don't, but he does, and he says, come on. It's time to rejoice. He's worthy of our worship. And I don't just mean on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. I mean throughout the week. I don't just mean the formal times where words are on a screen. I just mean worship because he's worthy of it. He is to be praised. We need to give him praise for everything and from everywhere, from anyone and everyone. The ones who walked through here earlier with the palm branches, the ones who had to be carried through here with the palm branches. He's worthy. He loves you. He cares about you. And he desires for you to take your place in his kingdom, the place that he has designed for you and called you to. It's time to rejoice. And this is one some of you haven't thought about enough, and I can't get it out of my mind. I've told this story before. The first church I pastored, a lady stood up to sing one Sunday. And before she sang, she said, I've got to say something. I don't have a very good voice. <laughs> She's kind of like, gosh, why did we ask her to have a mic? But she said, I had to do this. Now, she had a fine voice, by the way. She said, but I had to do this because the scripture says, if I don't, the rocks will. And I'm trying to stay one step ahead of the rocks. It's time to rejoice because we need to stay ahead of the rocks. <laughs> I mean, Jesus said it in verse 40. I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Now, that's something I kind of like to see, but I don't want to have to not praise him to see it. And if even the stones can rejoice, why can't we? On the announcement of Christ's birth, go back and look at that. The angels, in telling the shepherds that the Savior had been born, this baby who was born to die, in telling that, one angel was giving the announcement, and the rest of them couldn't hold back, and they burst forth and started rejoicing. How much more should we? Because we know. 
it's time to rejoice because it's time to stay ahead of the rocks. And I'm sorry, but some of you are running a close race with those rocks. It's time to rejoice. And also, it's time to rejoice because the world is watching. The world is watching. They are paying attention. Verses 37 to 40, you see they're riding down into Jerusalem. Who wasn't really receiving him well and certainly wasn't going to in the next few days. And yet they're rejoicing. The world is watching. They were watching how the disciples responded to Jesus. That's why in verse 39, some of the Pharisees said, rebuke your disciples. They're a little too excited about this. Oh man, I wish we were being accused of that. I think generally the accusation is, if this thing is so great, how come you look so boring? Truth. If this thing's so great, how come you're not telling others about it? A fairly well-known entertainer of an earlier generation who declared that he was an atheist said, one reason is, I watch those who claim that Jesus is Lord I watch those who claim that and claim they follow him and I see that they are not excited about it and I see that they don't ask me about it. Because he said, if I believed that, there would be nothing that would stand in my way of letting everyone I loved and everyone I know know about this. He said, since those who claim it don't do that, I don't believe it. It's time to rejoice because the world is watching. What are they so excited about? People notice when we gather and if we're excited or just doing our duty. If we're excited or just checking it off. If we're excited or we just don't want to hear from somebody in the office, we missed you this week. The world is watching. So let me ask, what are they seeing? What are they hearing? The world is watching. If we don't rejoice, why would the world follow? If those of us who claim to be followers of Christ can't rejoice over him, why would the world follow? The world is watching and it's time to rejoice because people are drawn to rejoicing. I think it was about a year ago, Jody and I were driving. It was actually somewhere in our neighborhood and we were driving by a house and there were like a dozen teenagers who were outside and they were doing some kind of choreograph together. They were working on something. And, you know, one of those, fortunately, there was no cars coming because I'm doing this and the car followed my gaze. 
but went by and Jody, Jody goes, turn around. So I turned around, came back. She said, stop. We stopped in front of the house. She rolled the window down and said, what are you guys doing? It, she needs to become a little more outgoing, I know. And they were like, almost like, oh, we're in trouble. And I don't even remember what the explanation was. It was for some event coming up that they were going to do something at. And they were practicing their rejoicing. You know, I think one of the reasons we don't rejoice well when we gather together is we haven't rejoiced at all since last Sunday. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. It's time to rejoice. He's worthy. The world is watching. He has a place for us. He's called for us. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. If that's not worth rejoicing over, nothing is. And I'm here to tell you, it's worth rejoicing over. The question is, are you rejoicing? How are you rejoicing? Can others tell that you're rejoicing? <laughs> I, saw, I saw a meme last night of a, a professional basketball player. They put it up. He was a graduate of San Diego State University who won that game to get to the championship game. If you're not aware of all that stuff, if you're not and don't care, don't worry about it. But they put this picture up and said, here's a picture of him rejoicing. And he just, I mean, I think that's how a lot of the world looks at us. If you're happy and you know it, your face should surely show it. So should your words. So should your attitude. So should your actions. It's time to rejoice. Can they even tell you're rejoicing? Are you telling them why you're rejoicing? Of course, you got to start rejoicing first. Are you inviting them to rejoice with you? Of course, you got to start rejoicing first. One of the easiest ways to invite people to Christ is to say, man, Look at me. Are we living and rejoicing in such a way we can say that? I don't mean living perfect. I mean where people go, there's got to be something to this. They're really excited about this. Ever seen somebody who had their first grandchild? And if you come up to talk to them, it doesn't matter what you want to talk to them about. They go, did you see this? In the old days, you know, we pulled out an envelope and showed pictures. Ever seen a kid who just got his driver's license? Oh, man. Did you know I got my license? Yeah. They are flashing that baby everywhere. How much more? should we be showing that Jesus Christ is Lord? 
it's time to rejoice. Jesus, thank you for giving us a reason to rejoice. Oh, Lord, help us this week of all weeks to rejoice. Oh, it's tough. And on Good Friday, we're going to be reminded of what you went through. But Lord, you went through it because you love us unconditionally. You went through it because you're our Savior. You went through it because you have a plan and a place for us. You went through it so that we wouldn't stay the same. Lord, help us to rejoice. And may others notice. May we have the courage to invite them to rejoice with us. May we have the courage to tell them why we're rejoicing and that they can too. Lord, may we start rejoicing today. May we start showing the world around us <laughs> that you are worthy of our worship and our rejoicing. Oh Lord, don't let Sterling be the first place where the rocks have to cry out because we're not rejoicing. Lord, I pray that as we go, we go rejoicing. And that if there's somebody here this morning or tuning in, who has not yet accepted you, received your salvation, doesn't have that personal reason to rejoice, may this be the moment where they say yes to you so that they can join the rejoicing. Lord, may our rejoicing be so contagious that others are just drawn to it. It's time to rejoice. Jesus' name, amen.